Hey guys, and uh, welcome back to another episode of the Jalarcast. Um, today I was lucky enough to be joined by Walker Erickson. Um, we talked about his career in CCP, how he got into the industry, uh, how he taught himself through uh, moving to a new school, and of course what he's doing now with his life and the power of personal projects. Um, a small apology for the audio just now, uh, when we talked uh, there was a small connection lag um, and because it's the only time I got to speak to him we had to use the, the audio we had. Um, at the moment. Uh, so just a couple of technical hitches. Um, the audio might cut out just slightly when he's talking but the rest of the interview is solid gold. Um, thanks again to Borker for giving up his time and of course here is the interview. So let's go. Okay. Guys, um, welcome back to the Jalarcast. Um, Colin is not with me today, but um, I have replaced him with someone mightier and more powerful in the art world, um, Bokor Eriksson, who has joined us all the way from Iceland to chat to us on Digital Artcast. So thank you very much for joining us. <laughs> no worries. Hi, how's it going? <laughs> um, so again, within uh, the, the confines of concept art, uh, me and you met just briefly back at industry workshops in London um, back in August um, where you gave a talk, um, gave a quite an interesting talk actually that I've mentioned before on the Artcast um, about you know being an artist and, and finding that inner way to work within your, your, your personal stuff. Um, but if people don't know you before the you know, industry workshops or before you know your kind of past experiences, how did you get in the industry, where did you start um, and why kind of concept art? Uh, so um, yeah, uh, I think when I was when I was like 16, 17, um, I sort of realized I could draw a little bit, or yeah. at least I always envied people that could draw when I was a kid. I had yeah. some, you know, best mates that could draw, and I thought it was like a magical ability. Yeah. Uh, but I was never really, you know, any good at it. Uh, I was okay, but I was never like the best guy in class. You know, you know that, you know that guy. Yeah, yeah, the guy that's always drawing his sketchbook and yeah. has the, the awesome stuff. The, the... Yeah, exactly. The Warhammer 40k stuff. How the yeah. hell does it do that? It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, when I was around 16, 17, um, I was studying, I think, physics or, or something. Um, oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, or, and I was just like changing, changing uh, courses a lot and just wasn't finding myself. Couldn't find and your, then, your niche, yeah. No, and I, I have a, you know, a small case of like ADD and if I'm not interested in uh, what I'm doing, I just like, I don't do it at all. Yeah. And it's not because I'm a passive aggressive asshole, it's just because I can't, <laughs> you know. But again, so, it's, that's, that's interesting even just to say quickly that I've found that a lot of creative types around me suffer from um, something like attention or sleeplessness or you know, lack of concentration, and it tends to be, a, it's a real trait with creatives, which is crazy. I actually have a theory uh, about creatives, All is right. that um, <laughs> I was having this discussion <laughs> with, a, with a friend of mine the other day, cool. and uh, I've been talking to other uh, creatives about this, right. and they all relate to it, yeah. and I think a lot of creative creative people have a, uh, a little bit under the normal serotonin level in their, yes. In their body. Yes, yes. So... 
they're always looking for that high that you know that high to either raise the serotonin or dopamine yep and they do a lot of people do that through creative processes yep uh, because both the creation part and also then the satisfaction of releasing it, it sort yeah. of gives you a bit of that high. Mm-hmm. And, and then, of course, it just the cycle continues. Yeah. And, uh, so there's something, I think there's something there. Yeah. <laughs> and also a lot of creative people are very unstable. So, you know, it yeah. hangs a bit together. I think because also your creative life is unstable in itself. You're never really tied down to, well, unless you're lucky to be in one place at one time, but a lot of guys move around or, or switch jobs quite often. So, Yeah, oh yeah. and it's, it's, it's funny because, you know, uh, all, all people want, like, security and, and all that. And, yeah. but, but I don't know, there's something there that's just, like, keeps us on the go. The high, yeah. So high school, so you were studying these kind of, these random subjects moving about, yeah, oh, yeah. I was, I was, I was going to be a scientist or something. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Some, some childhood dream. That... Not, not fancy yourself as one of the Icelandic strongmen, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm a very short guy, so yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that wouldn't really like work out. Yeah. But uh, no, and then I, I, I took some drawing courses, and I sort of figured I could draw. So that very subtly sort of came my, my passion, and I started drawing a lot. And what age were you at this point? Uh, it's like 16, 17 or something. Yeah. Um, I, again, I, maybe even a wee bit later than most people because some guys say, oh, I've been drawn since I was three or four or five, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, of course, I've been drawing like mm. my whole life, but it was never like like that. I think, we had yeah. to, I think we had to like draw, I think I had to, we were supposed to draw our hand or something right. as a reference. Yep, yep. And I just like something in my brain just clicked and I could just do it. Yeah. And uh, then I sort of realized, oh, okay, you just copy what's in front of you. Okay, yeah, yeah, now I get it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> some weird realization that's just, yeah, something yeah. just worked out. And from there on, I uh, I stopped. Uh, um, I quit high school and I went into, uh, or I changed high school, so I went into industrial design. Right. Yep. And I really enjoyed that, and that's when I started to get like very high marks and. Uh, you know, everything was going well. And then after that, I uh, uh, I was thinking about maybe going to some uh, art academy and I didn't want to go to the one here. So I was looking at some schools abroad. And a friend of mine, he had just finished one in the Netherlands. Right. So I just decided to do that. Just oh. I went to, went to Rotterdam and I was in uh, Willem de Koning uh, Academy. Nice. Therefore, like, yeah, it's just over four years. And was that a, a more traditional brick and mortar art school kind of setup? Uh, well, it's not really. Uh, I wouldn't call it a traditional art, uh, art school. It's it's very arty, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, and they focus a lot on the ideas more than more so than technique. Right. They don't really teach much technique, but they give you a lot of room to explore your own. Right. Like, uh, it's a bit like a laboratory. Oh, interesting. Uh, which is very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, it's it's a fine school. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, when you compare people who have been working in, for example, who were studying in New York or something, right. they were like leagues above, you know, there, were, there was just a different caliber of like, uh, uh, like techniques. Uh, yeah. Yeah, technique. Well, they do say obviously so, that part of the world you live in and off towards Scandinavia are kind of places where education is 
is on all too high. You know, I mean, they seem to have a way of teaching across here that is just so appealing to people. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff I learned there. For example, just also just self-learning. Right. And like, and I mean, for example, the students that come out of that school, no one, no one has the same style. Right. I mean, oh, yeah. you're not force-fed any techniques or anything. Ah, it's interesting. Yeah. So you get a lot of variety of uh, just everything, and a lot. Of, and I, I actually started in animation. Um, right. Yeah. Uh, I was doing uh, like stop motion and uh, uh, just 3D animation and and just wow. drawing cell cell animation as well. Yeah. Wow. But I just I just found it really boring, so I just I took this illustration course that a lot of uh, my my friends were in, mm -hmm. and that really worked out. And so I just like yeah, okay, this is probably my thing. So I started yeah. doing that. Interesting. Well, I mean, again, it, it sounds like you found your identity, and I think, you know, when it comes to artists, style is your identity, really. It's the thing that defines you um, when you paint or draw. Um, and even just quickly, I mean, do you know the kind of epiphany you had of when you found your style, or there was a style that influenced you? You know, obviously, you'll probably talk about the guys you, you studied, you know, at university. Was there anyone at a particular time you were looking at painting-wise or drawing-wise that you, you liked? Um. Yeah, I think at some point when I was uh, when I was uh, studying, I can't remember exactly when. It was probably 2000, 2001 or something. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I remember. I started looking at the the Sitchin forums. Ah, um, right. Back in the days. Yep. And of course we're moving. Uh, Wasup and uh, HBX and all these guys were. Yep. Uh, and I sort of was looking at them and I was like, really? You can do that with Photoshop? You yeah. know, I know Photoshop. I can't do that. I mean, how do you do it? <laughs> and then, of course, I mean, I discovered, oh, okay, you need a Wacom tablet. And yeah. So I bought a, like a tiny Wacom tablet, like, like an A6 yeah. in the really small ones. Kind of bamboo started, ones. Uh, started, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And I started using that to do like color studies before I uh, rendered the mounted out in acrylics oh, yeah, or, wow. or, or gouache. Uh, and that's sort of like, I was just using it as a sketching tool for bigger paintings or bigger illustrations. So you're using that to build on experience to then take that to like an actual canvas? Yeah, basically just doing studies, just like color studies and seeing how it works. Yeah. And then, um, but then I really like quickly realized that I could just like finish the whole piece there. You know, yeah. just like I ended up just finishing the paintings there and just printed them out and gave them in the, uh, in the assignment. Oh, yeah, well. And all, all the teachers were, you know, very, uh, how should we say, they were reactive or, you know, they really liked, they didn't mind getting it, you know, in a digital format or, or, yeah. as a, or on a canvas. So, and I, th I mean, I was the first guy that was handing in digital artwork yeah. there. Um, and that was like, and I actually got one of the teachers uh, who was co sort of a legend in the illustration industry. He started doing digital, pain digital painting after that. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, definitely when it comes to stuff like Photoshop, I mean, as people think even it's a modern tool that has only come across, but... You know, um, Mullins back in ILM, you know, was working with John, um, you know, when he invented Photoshop before they sold it off to Adobe, you know, he was painting with a mouse. Um, yeah, back. exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I remember, I remember my first two photos. And, uh, but, you know, as soon as I got the, the tablet, it, like, 
instantly get better. Yeah, and now even like these days, obviously fast forward here before we go back, but do you still are you fifty fifty withdrawn on paper versus digital, or do you do you really sketch really, or do you do everything digital, or uh, mostly do more uh, figure drawing, right? Uh, on on paper. Right, cool. But uh, yeah, I don't really use the paper anymore. I do oils as well. Right. Oh, interesting. So I really like, and uh, which is actually kind of funny because it changed my whole workflow in Photoshop when I started doing oils. Yeah, because you're dealing with a, a kind of tangible uh, element outside of a brush in Photoshop, so it, it changes your way of thinking. You laying yeah. down the paint. Yeah, both laying down the paint and also just like what I'm trying to achieve because there's a lot of in the pigment uh, that you sort of discover you can it's really hard to replicate in Photoshop. Yeah. So you start trying to replicate it almost. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I've even found, a, a just kind of off topic, but there is a program somebody recommended to me, I think it's called uh, ArtRage, and it actually uses, um, well, it's supposed to mimic real-life acrylics and oils and gouaches, um, mm -hmm. you know, the movement and flow and, and mixing. Um, it's like, you know, as opposed to be actual paint, as opposed to the Photoshop stuff, which is just a color moved across with a brush. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. I tried, I've tried Artrage, and it's it's fine. Mm -hmm. uh, just I always get the feeling when I use it that I could just as well just do it in oils. Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. You know, because there's like it's trying to mimic something that's already better. Yeah, at yeah. It, you know, so I don't really. You know, and you much. lose all the power of Photoshop because Photoshop is just like an image manipulation tool of death. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Whereas Artrace is not. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, I mean, like, even with the one thing I've seen is quite interesting is when I watched it, uh, a gumroad for Paul Canavan and he was uh, laying like a brown underpainting under the photo in it before he took it to Photoshop to paint over, which, mm -hmm. which was maybe one good thing to use because I've never even seen, you know, because I don't come from too traditional a background um, doing design, so... Um, an underpainting is something I didn't have a concept of, but then also looking at him using that, I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's, that sets your whole tone for your your painting. Yeah, um, exactly. That's really clever. And I think it's actually, I mean, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of people use art rates mm -hmm. that way to start out, and because then you have sort of uh, a certain feel underneath. Yeah. Yep. You know, which yeah. isn't too labelled by Photoshop. Yeah, because well. you get a lot of texture in the brushes as well, so it does bring out a lot of the the, the painting in it. So yeah. Mm. yeah. Absolutely. So. You finished, you took your style, um, you qualified, uh, what was the next step after that? Did you have a plan coming out of school? Uh, no, when I when I graduated, I had been looking at, oh, well, yeah, sort of. I had my eye on an Icelandic company called CCP, hey. which, is still, which has been developing uh, EVE Online. Uh, and I knew, like, the founder a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, I sat down in a coffee with him at one point. Interesting. And he he sort of vaguely promised me a job when I was finished. <laughs> uh, and then when I graduated, I just like, I just went there and just like, hey, I'm here for my job. Oh, yeah, nice. How did and that, he, it, no, I was going to say, uh, so how did, how did that meeting come about? Was that a networking event or was that just by chance or? Yeah, I just emailed him and I just said like, hey, you know, I'm out of school. So, you know. Oh, yeah, interesting. Wow, yeah. And I had been following up a little bit, maybe once a year, saying, you know, yeah, hi, you know. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is a great networking tool, just to even, you know, people say it's crazy just to even email these people with no kind of clear set, but I've found it invaluable just to even emailing somebody, look, you know, hey, I want to get in your radar, I'm looking for maybe a job when I graduate. I mean, in local here, there is uh, access. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. No, I mean, first, when I contacted him, yeah. I definitely, uh, I wasn't really that good. I mean, I was okay. Yeah. But he 
improvement uh, for me, and that sort of uh, helped his decision a lot as well. Yeah, which is which is great. Again, like you say, just even just starting a conversation with these people. I mean, I know the access here in Glasgow when I, before I started my three D course um, a year back, I just emailed them saying, "Look, I'm starting this course. I might, you know, eventually be looking for a job in the industry." do you guys hire from this university, you know, and they were like, yeah, we've worked on them a while, and I actually just, you know, off initial workshops, meeting them again, after that initial email, they already knew who I was, um, I got mm -hmm. a studio tour back there in December, um, to go see what they were working on, and, and yeah, it's good to, I'm definitely on the radar now, so it's awesome, but yeah, it's the, yeah, absolutely, yeah. and then, obviously, in the door, were you straight as, you know, and straight as a concept artist? Because even back then, because, I mean, concept art itself has only really evolved over the last maybe six, five or six years um, yeah. as a title for a job. Because obviously we've heard the rumours, you know, the guys back in the day working in the 90s companies where the guy who could draw best done the art, you know what I mean? So um, did they take you in as, as a painter, as an illustrator? or? Uh, sorry, you're breaking... Sorry, you're breaking oh, sorry. up a little bit. Um, no, I was just going to say, uh, did they take you in as an illustrator or a concept straight away? Was that a title you were given? or? Yeah, they, they I came in as an uh, illustrator. Right, yeah. And was that working on backgrounds or characters? or? Uh, that was mostly, when I started out, I was uh, originally hired to do like illustrations to the stories that right. uh, were written for Eve. Right, yeah. And But it was, it was such a... Uh, that everybody was doing everything. Yeah. Yep. So I ended up doing, you know, concept for ships, and I did a lot of ship modeling as well, and 3D, and just wow. everything, everything art related. And then, how did you find? This is obviously a great point sometimes as well. Of how did you find transitioning to 3D, um, coming from a 2D palette? Uh, fine, because I I had already started 3D uh, a long time ago. I think I started 3D around the same time that I started drawing. I was using Max a lot, and right. uh, um, just yeah, and uh, like I said, also I studied animation, so we used a lot of 3D there. Awesome, great. So, so it wasn't that you know big a deal. And it, was that were you just laying the foundation for the shapes in 3D and then painting over them? Yeah, or yeah, both. I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, back then it was uh, Oscar. He was the concept artist on on Eve, and he designed all the ships. All right, well, yeah. And I ended up uh, doing a lot of the models. Yeah. Uh, from, but I did some concepts as well, maybe for structures and stuff like that. Yeah. So what was the, the first title that you shipped? Was it was it just Eve in its initial form when it first kind of went online? Uh, I started... Uh, I actually started after release. I, th I think I started in 2004. Right. And that was one year after release. Right, Eve. yep. And then, and you were just, which is interesting to me because you know, again, with it, with it having such a long lifespan now, um, what were your kind of day to days moving forward past release? Were you just working on stuff that was going to be released as additional stuff down the line, concepting or? Yeah, mostly, mostly, right. yeah, mostly ships, and uh, I think the first few years went a lot just into shop, uh, into ship modeling. And I also, but I also remember we did some trailers and I did a lot of the backgrounds and uh, just images in those. Wow. Um, I was, I, I worked a lot with the cinema team as well. Great. Uh, just, just helping them out just art direction wise. Yeah. Um, yeah, because uh, I can't remember when, uh, I think it was 2006 or something. Um, uh, I was sort of offered an art, art director role in, uh, 
in both uh, both in Shanghai and also in Atlanta. Wow! Uh, but I just didn't want to be an art director <laughs> yeah. because I wanted to be on the floor. So I was sort of made an uh, I became a lead artist. Right. Yep. Um, Which is an interesting point for your career because I think a lot of people have to make that decision: do I want to manage people or do I want to keep making art? You know, it's it's difficult because obviously, I mean, like a lot of us in the industry will not be chasing a paycheck. You know, a lot of us do it for the love. But you know, you know, you must admit when you look at like these bluffers from other places that have these great, you know, kind of pay salaries and exotic cities, you, you must kind of there's a small voice in your mind that's like, well, that maybe might be a good thing. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I mean. Doesn't really. I think a good art director is a lead artist as yeah. well. I mean, there. I mean, it's it's practically the same thing. I was. I often feel that the art director is the guy who has to write the emails. Yeah. And the uh, and the lead artist, he's the guy who can actually like just sit with people and just like guide them. Yeah. And yeah. which is of course totally wrong, but yeah. you know. It's it's a bit my my sort of my experience from you're kind of yeah turning it. I mean like it's such a kind of controversial thing where people are like you know do I want to earn a bit more money and have a bit more responsibility or do I want to keep pushing my creative button and making the thing I wanted to make back in the day which was art um, and I think it's fine that a fine balance between because obviously different studios have different variations of what an art director does. I think the bigger the company the the more admin you do you're right um but then yeah, yeah it's, it's even these elite arts you'll still be putting on a lot of hats yeah i don't know i mean i mean but the whole reason i went into this is to draw and paint yep. and so i mean a bigger paycheck or something or a title just doesn't really tickle me at all i mean yeah. i get an my my paycheck is fine. Yeah, yeah. I'm totally happy with that. And I can, if I need some money, I can do some extra freelance. Definitely, and I'm yeah. fine with that. So, yeah. I mean, I don't need much, you know. Yeah. Did you even see even, you know, apart from the financial gain, did you even see maybe even it could have been a good challenge to push you artistically? Or did you find that you weren't really, you didn't think it would do that for you? Or? Um, well, it would, have, it would have meant, of course, more responsibility, which yeah. would be totally fine. But I was... I don't know. I was just probably not ready for it. I mean, yeah. may, maybe today, if I was offered the same uh, chance today, I would probably take may it. Go. Yeah. Yeah. Just as a like two, three year experiment. But then, when you got offered it back, then how old were you? Uh, yeah, I was two thousand six. I was only. I had only been working for like two, three years. Uh-huh. I think I was. Yeah. How old was I? How old am I now? I think I was twenty seven then. Yeah, so yeah, but yeah, but again, it's, it's still very young, you know, for guys to be getting offered, you know, like you said, Shanghai, Atlanta, you know, coming from a, a like like me in Scotland, a small island culture, you know, where, um, you know, you maybe you've not been in some of the bigger states and worked there in different studios, so you're kind of thinking, would it be for me? Would I enjoy it? Would I would I like being mm-hmm. away from home? Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, but again, I mean, different people. Some people would obviously see it as a great opportunity, but I, I think it's. There's some guys who are just always looking like that, and that's the guys that will never settle, who will always yeah, be chasing I, different jobs. Yeah, oh yeah, and I remember also at that time I just uh, I just had my first girl that back then, ah, and I, I was see, still yeah. and I was yeah. still living with my wife, and right. you know we were you know, so uh, yeah. I mean just jumping out to Shanghai was a bit of a like a whoa. Tough everything. <laughs> so yeah, it would have been a lot. Yeah, yeah. So so moving forward, then you know you worked, and, and probably you're unique in where you are, where. Um, interesting because I've also got a friend who works in Rockstar here in Edinburgh 
and he's been there since DMA, you know, since they were the original companies that shipped lemons um, yeah. way back. And, you know, he's just actually um, working or collabing with the guys on the new Red Dead. Um, but he's been in Edinburgh, you know, forever. And he's always, he said, you know, I've been happy. I love what I do. Um, he's been offered higher positions. He's been like, no, you know, I want to stay where I am. I love making the art. So, you know, I think there is two schools of mind in it. There is guys who are like, no, I want to keep chasing that next challenge. And some guys who are like, you know, I'm, I'm happy where I am. So, yeah. It's- yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's not like, it's not like I'm not, I, I think, I think I just find my challenges elsewhere, you know, yeah. challenges. I like to ch- find my challenges, challenges, sorry, uh-huh. within my own, like, creative art field, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I think... Figure out my own, own stuff. Yeah, I think in art, especially this industry, artists and film or games, I think, you know, there is a thing that if you want to stay where you are and work, you know, people... You know, I think even coming from a culture where I used to be in an office where guys were chasing and, and stepping over each other for jobs, um, and again, it was a paycheck they were chasing, yeah, you were kind of looked down on if you didn't chase that next opportunity or people were like, you know, what's wrong with me? You don't want to do X, Y, or Z job or be a manager. Um, whereas in this industry we're in now, again, me being very young and, and, and new to it, I found that guys are, you know, you want to stay in the art and just be part of the art team, you know, that's great, you know find your niche find your wheelhouse and, and go for it so yeah, yeah absolutely and i mean yeah yeah exactly it's just finding that balance you know where you're yeah. being challenged but still yeah you know doing what you actually enjoy i mean yeah i mean if eve was was the guys at ccp were were still pushing that button of challenging you then of course you're going to be happy to stay there you know um, yeah, yeah yeah absolutely yeah. yeah it was a wonderful place yeah. and i was there for 12 years and yeah. I, I loved it and that's a, again for, for even now I think people will see that as a long time in a studio because you know like I said most guys try to jump between but yeah it's 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 rare now I think guys stay with studios so long um, but I mean sometimes it's out of the control sometimes places get shut down or projects get cancelled and you know they have to move but um, I think Eve's been um, I'm going I wouldn't say they lucky they've worked really hard to get where they are and they've done really well you know to still be where they are. Um, and yeah, it's great that they've been able to employ the, you guys for so long and keep you as part of one team. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, still of the uh, some of the old people, they're still there. Yeah, yep, yep, and with the and with the new blood, so it's great. Yeah, um, definitely. And then you know, you said you were there. If people don't know, obviously, because this was quite recent. Um, was it even last year you, you left the yeah, studio. Yeah. So I left the studio. It's yeah, it's almost a year now, actually. Uh, I left the studio and I uh, went to another uh, small small company called uh, Solfar, which is a VR uh, lab company, right. or a VR company. But it's the same uh, founder that founded CCP. <laughs> so oh right, so you with, went with him. Yeah, so I'm I'm working with Rainer again, and, oh, that's uh, great. Yeah. and actually a lot of people from CCP are there, uh, like oh, some wow. of the old guys. Yeah. And and then. What was the draw for going there? Was it just the people you were kind of thinking it would be great to go with, or was the project interesting to you? Uh, it's a bit of both. I mean, I I knew all these people, and I I knew we worked all well together, and it was going to be you know, I I just and also just a new fresh project was very yeah. exciting as well. Yeah, interesting. And again, the guy you know who was the founder back who launched Eve, who was with CCP, um, he'll be the same mind. I'd imagine he would be thinking, you know, I've done this thing, it's been great, but. I want to seek that new challenge now, so he's obviously yeah, moving exactly. forward. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and CCP just changed a lot in so many years. And all these years, I think when I joined in 2004, we yep. were like 30 or something. 
Yep. And then at some point we were 600. Wow. So, I mean, the, the company just changed a lot. It's a big team. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. it's probably comparable to the guys in Edinburgh at Rockstar. They're the same. They're about, you know, nearly 600 people, um, you know, between admin staff and that. I think they employ about three, 350 artists, but um, between 3D and 2D. Um, although I, I know um, they only have about 12, maybe 11 2D guys, um, mm-hmm. kind of in full-time pay. Um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting when the, the company evolves so quickly and you've been there since the ground in, it's, it's interesting to see that change um, going through. Yeah, because I mean, what happens is you start to get a lot of middle managers and, you know, everything starts getting harder and, you know, it's not that you can't, uh, I, I, when, I, when I'm working and especially on games, I like to have a very quick uh, uh, iterative process. Yep. You know, I just want to be able to do the thing and put it straight in and yeah. just like, and, and I almost want to do it from A to Z, you right, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole thing. And even, and also actually a large part of the draw to Solfer as well is they're using Unreal yeah, Engine. Yeah, right. And I mean, that is just such a beautiful engine. It's, just, yeah, it's, yeah. it's absolutely ridiculous using it. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I don't, I can't program. I, I used to try to be a programmer because yeah. both my mom and dad are programmers. Yep. So I sort of dabbled a little bit with it, uh-huh. but I just can't because I don't know, there's something about text on a screen that just kills me inside, <laughs> but I can totally like uh, work with notes and set yeah. up blueprints and stuff like that. Yeah. So my logical brain is fine. It's yeah. just like something with my eyes and text that just kills it. Yeah. And I've been lucky just recently with our project university coming up to our kind of last years. I'm doing a, a sci-fi environment um, in 3D, uh, and I'm using Unreal hopefully to render it, um, to use it in real time. So um, it has been interesting working with it. Definitely seen all the powerful tools that are just. Um, you uh, mean, it's, it's just absolutely amazing. Just oh, the yeah. shaders, the sh- using you know building up shaders in it. It's yeah. just so much fun. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's almost an, uh, a kind of point-and-click mentality. Like, I just, you know, there's there's so much you can do just by dragging and dropping. It's, mm-hmm. you know, there's very, very little, you know, kind of logic in it sometimes. Um, but yeah. yeah. So, I mean, uh, even walking through, you know, you've, you've jumped a while because you've had such a, a huge elaborate career at CCP. Um, what was your kind of, your 95 walking through the door? Like, what would your day mostly consist of once you got in and had your morning coffee? Um... Well, I think every day was very different because um, I was a little bit in, in between the cracks right. uh, at CCP. Yep. I'd been for a, I'd been there for a really long time, mm-hmm. so um, I was jumping a lot between projects. Right. Um, I mean, for example, I worked for on Eve, and then I worked also on Dust in Shanghai, and then I also worked on World of Darkness for a few years. Right. Uh, so I was like switching between a lot and. Yep. I was often just in this, I always saw myself sort of in a bit of a support role for other visual artists, right. uh, both the cinema team and the concert artists. And uh, But then I took some pet projects as well. For example, I built all the lens flares in Eve uh, from scratch with all another right. programmer. Nice. And uh, we just like decided to like, hey, let's make them kick ass. And just like <laughs> we built our own, own system around it. And, just, yeah. uh, and I set it all up. And that was like a month or two of just doing something really pretty and satisfying. And yeah. And I take it with, I mean, hour-wise, I mean, whatever you would feel day to day, but was the majority of your day spent painting or was it mostly liaison uh, with different play- people in the yeah, group? Yeah, a bit of both. I mean, uh, often I got like week stretches of just painting. Right. And then next week I would maybe be more kind of caught up in meetings and uh, decision-making. 
Right. Yeah. Uh, like that. Yeah. So um, it's it's it, like no there was I didn't have any ritual like something. Uh, yeah, it was different. At eight forty five yeah. I go get my coffee and then I you know <laughs> and then I sit down with this guy and you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was just where the kind of wind took you at the time. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's just like a total flux mentality. Just yeah. see what happens. And then uh, from day to day, I mean, how was your um your kinda your hour base, I mean, just for example, I mean, we've got a team, our, our guys I know here, they're based in Stirling in Scotland, and they make a train simulator, Dovetail, um, and uh, they guys are, are very lucky. They're 8 to 4 every day. Um, they don't do weekends, and they don't do overtime, mostly. Um, so, and then you've got the guys on the reflex side where, you know, um, there's guys like an EA with sleeping bags under the desks. I mean, yeah, yeah. was that a kind of happy medium for you, or was it one or the uh, other? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, at CCP, I mean, in the early days, uh, when we were still struggling a lot, of course, we did do some uh, overtime, and especially before release. Yep. Before the releases, I mean, we did. Mm-hmm. But we nobody was ever forced to do overtime. It was more just like, all right, let's do this shit. And, yeah. you know, we did it. Yeah. Uh, but, oh, you know, honestly, I don't think I ever saw overtime at CCP for the last like five, six, seven years, oh, wow. unless yeah. unless when I was in like trips to Shanghai or Atlanta, then then of course you're just working eighteen hours and you go to sleep and then you wake yeah. up <laughs> get back up and work again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's that's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but again, it's one of these these things. It's where again, it's a rare industry we're in where most guys who are here, in fact, probably everybody who's here, loves their job and wants to be here. You know, so asking somebody to work extra time then um is something that you know you really don't have to ask it sometimes you, you like you said you just be motivated to make the best game you can make so you know everybody gets behind it yeah oh yeah and i mean it's it's fine i think it's totally fine to do it in bursts but yeah. you have to be so careful with it because it's so soul draining and yeah and the problem is as soon as you start getting tired you start to work very uh, not so smart you start getting dumb yeah. And you start make, making mistakes, and I I just know myself very well that if I'm if I'm working on something and I start doing mistakes, yeah, it's just it's just time consuming. It's just, yeah. I'm, I'm just gonna have to go back in later and fix it. Yeah. You're you just know. gonna burn in the wasted stuff at the, the end. That you're just gonna yeah. Yeah, I'd rather I'd rather stand up and seek inspiration from you know the coffee machine or something. Or, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, anything a... else it doesn't matter. Just like or just have a walk or like yeah. play a bit of portal or you know it doesn't matter. It's just like because yeah. sometimes even you know I comment myself when you're painting something and you just get to that point where you're like, what what the fuck can I do with this painting now? Like I've, my brain is you know what am I doing? You've been there for two three hours, you've rendered and then you're like, where is the next step? I just kind of see it so. I've done it, I've walked, I went out and walked down the street or I've just, you know, sat on my couch for five minutes and read something and then, you know, it just comes to you, you know, so. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I mean, my favorite way of painting is like starting something and then just throwing it in, throwing it into my unfinished folder and then looking at it again in like two, three months and just see something completely different out of it and continue and then throw it again into the like unfinished yeah. and then come back to it. And just like, so I have like, I often have, as with my personal projects, I often have like, I don't know, my unfinished folder is just packed with ugly pictures that I sometimes come back to and just finish up. And yeah. just like, because then I see, ah, okay, I, because there was something there and now I see how I can like draw that forward or fix it or make it more interesting. Yeah. When you come back to something with like a kind of... Um fresh pair of eyes yeah um, exactly because it's so easy to get tunnel vision and get you know emotional about the thing you're working on 
Yep, definitely. And then again, it's it's one of these things that I think we're very lucky just now in this kind of day and age is that, um, you know, with the internet and Facebook exploding so much and stuff like obviously Art Station, you know, has been around for a bit, but it being so big now, um, there's so much feedback, there's so much stuff that people can come back with you. You can post something on Facebook and in five minutes, 10 people can tell you what's wrong or right with it, um, which I think is great. Um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And then... Uh, I, I mean, absolutely. I think that's a, that's a good thing, but yeah. I... Oh, yeah. Sorry. No. Continue. No, no. That's fine. Uh, no, but I just I think you kind of kind of covered this and stuff when you talked about you know your talk was about painting principles, um, and you were talking about you know some things that um, are great to see at these in, at industry events because again it's something like even when you talked about contrast in paintings, um, going back you know thinking about it, um, it seems such an obvious thing, but you point out and a lot of your paintings and using a lot of examples, it's. You know, having this feedback now in this day and age is, is great, and these these events, these stuff like art station, stuff like industry workshops, um, and then again, you you know, you talked a lot about your personal stuff and and things you painted, um, even the the market scene. I think you highlighted um, that oh, you, yeah. came, you yeah. came back to a couple of times, um, and that was that was a, a kind of thing where you did start that, and it was something, and it changed into something different. I, I, I can remember vaguely, you kind of you, you cropped it. I think you changed the yeah. The, the, I, I cropped it a lot. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I remember uh, when I was working on that image, um, there was just this one part that I really liked. Yep. And I ended up just like cropping it, you know, just yeah. like really aggressively and just like just zooming in on something and just rendering that out. Retraining and, the focus, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, and I I mean, it's a, it's a very common thing to do, but I just loved it, you know, because yeah. it's like it was a totally different thing. And again, I you know you've spoke at length about this in other talks and stuff like that. But just for our audience, I mean, what is your view on personal or kind of passion projects? I mean, we all know I think at this point that it's great to have something outside of work you focus on. But what is your kind of professional take on it? How do you feel about this stuff? Just about personal work. Yeah, yeah, example. just uh, yeah, the kind of power of having something that is away from work, that is away from your day to day. Yeah, um, I mean. The, yeah, the older I get, the more important I think it is to be, uh, uh, to find like the artist inside you. Yep. And not be a whore. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, because, I mean, uh, you know, being, you know, being a worker and I'm not saying, I mean, of course, you can totally do art. Yeah, I mean, I mean, games are, and movies are art. Yep. But it's not, I mean, for me, personally, it's not. I mean, maybe I'm just very egotistic. I just like to be, like, to find the artist within me. Yeah. Uh, and I, I, whether I'm doing it or not. And I don't mean that either as a sort of egotistic artist kind of thing. It's just, yeah. I'm sort of this... this just slowly discovering that you know that's more what life is about. Yeah, definitely taking that kind of time, yeah, to to find yourself. Yeah, exactly, and just like explore that, and yeah. because the industry, you know, company, and I have been like super lucky in a company. I mean, worked with one of the best companies, uh, in my opinion. I mean, because they were like really cared for the workers, and uh, yeah. there was like, people there were. You know, were amazing. Yeah. And, uh, I learned so much from them. Yeah. But in the end, it's it's just a job. Yeah. 
you, you I, wanna... know. I, I know it sounds bleak. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, uh, you know, uh, you and I both know even like Titus, and, and Titus is the same. Where he's he's tried to walk away from some of the bigger studios and and find you know his art outside of that job and something that defines him as an artist. Um, mm-hmm. You know, that's more personal to him. Um, so yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I always see myself in like, I don't know, when I'm an old man, I'll be living on an island somewhere and I'll just be doing oil paintings. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, it's, it, I, I promise you it's not going to happen, but that's where yeah. I see myself. <laughs> yeah, it's as soon as you get away from the, the frozen tundra that is Iceland. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, the same, it's the same in Scotland, buddy. I mean, we've got it here as well. It's, it's the, the winter has definitely hit here and uh, we were minus four, I think, the other night. And uh, yeah, you've got to be a hardy people to live where we live, so... Yeah, I would definitely move south. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, obviously you've had this uh, illustrious career, and uh, you know you've you've worked with CCP. You know you've you've moved on to this new project, um, and you've done a lot of talks. You've done a lot of stuff, given back. Um, I mean, in general, as the, the kind of question we ask most people, and you know most answers are the same, but now and again you get a bit different. Um, I always wondered. What is your take on guys coming into the industry, you know, like myself or other people? Um, what do you think is, is the kind of the most important things to aim for when trying to find work or, or practicing or um, just a kind of general thing about, you know, starting in the industry? Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, of course, it's a bit tough to say. Because um, yeah. there's uh, a lot, always, there's a lot of stuff. Yeah, but, you know, I could just, be brutally honest when I look at portfolios and when I'm looking at people I want to hire. Yep. At like uniqueness, you know, what can this person give me? Yep. As opposed to you know all the other that are you know seeking work. Yeah. Uh, and it and it comes just down to not style but more like to the character. I mean, what's the interests? What's the you know what can what can he he or she give me that you know we don't have yeah. you know uh, because uh, it's it's not that hard to find people who can just like work 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 yeah but it's really fucking hard to find people with a good eye yeah and who like know when to take the right decisions and are smart and clever yeah uh, so i mean i personally i value that more um from workers and i'm not saying like uh, everybody needs to like do that but yeah that's what i'm looking for when i'm you know looking for creative people and of course that they're diligent and hard workers of course yeah, I mean, yeah. but that's that's going to be proven when they're hired yeah you can't see that before yeah before they come into the job yeah definitely yeah yeah, and again, you're talking about uniqueness. Um, are you talking about kind of stylistic or? Yeah, just uh, can be. It can be style. It can also be just a way of thinking. Right. Um, uh, Maybe how they approach compositions or paintings. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How how do they uh, do storytelling differently? Right. You know how how is the cinematography like talking to you? How is it? You know. Because story is such a big a part of now of concept art. Yeah, exactly, and also just the design aspects. I mean, yeah. I can I can mention like one guy we hired. Uh, I think it was like two years ago at CCP. His name is Pavel Shushuk, mm-hmm. uh, a fantastic guy, uh, super nice. 
and he just taught us like to approach everything very differently and he's like he takes the uh, the form follows function mentality really to heart wow. yeah. and he goes the full like crazy way into exploring uh, like sci-fi concepts right. i mean for example he was designing a ship and he started like thinking oh okay yeah so with heat dissipation um, that's a real issue in space because uh, heat uh, it's very hard to uh, uh, ah, what's it called the thermal uh, 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 it's basically yeah because it's very hard to cool uh, to cool spaceships down right down yep because there's like there's no air around to siphon the heat you can't vent it yeah uh, yeah, exactly. There's no way to vent the heat. So he started researching into just cipher concept, into how it's done and coming up with his own ideas and then implementing them into his designs. Wow. And that's just crazy cool. You yeah. know, it's like suddenly you have these like ports on the on the sides that are ejecting some sort of a radioactive chemical yeah. just to dissipate the heat. And it just like it's it just it becomes so real. Yeah, because there's such suddenly there's a function to yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, and again, it's the it's just the extra level of detail. I mean, I know, I think I've talked about this example numerous times, but there was a time where um, I was watching The Last of Us making of, and the guys in Naughty Dog, and uh, one guy was doing a painting, and it was a it was a snow scene, and uh, he was painting these parts of the trees at the bottom of the trees. He was painting it as not normal ground. Um, where the snow had melted, and he was like, "Cause you know, if you study, um, if you study trees and and the kind of biology and make up of trees, they uh, generate most of their heat at the at the root of the base of the trees. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. so that's where you would there would be a clearing of snow. But that's the level of thinking, painting wise. You know, most guys might just paint trees in the snow. You know what I mean, but yeah, that, yeah, that guy's taking it to the next level and thinking, well, this is actually making it so much more realistic. So it's yeah, it's. That's like I know what you mean. That's the thing you're looking for in people is to take patents to that next level that makes it even more believable. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. They just have that sort of thought, and they 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 can actually like look around, and uh, sort of come to conclusions of why it is that way. I mean, it's a little bit like being like a scientist yeah. uh, in many ways, or an engineer, and you're just like deconstructing everything. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the visual world around you, and just the world, and just learning about it. Yeah. And the more you know, the more believable your you know paintings are going to be. I mean, even concepts. even when I talked to George back when we interviewed him, um, he was talking also working at Star Citizen, and he was saying that one thing that's helped him a lot is the, um, this kind of, I think he called it um, awareness or kind of like the 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 I'm trying to think of the word where he was more conscious of the world, you know, as they walked around it. Um, you know, he was he was basically thinking as he walked around. He was paying attention more to like the trees and the grass and how things were shaped. And um, yeah, he was maybe using mindfulness. Um, my, that was it. My, that's exactly what it was. It was mindfulness. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And uh, totally. I, I started doing mindfulness a long time ago. Or uh, and it's it really helps. So I mean, what is, in the sense of you saying you started doing it, I mean, is that just? I mean, I'm trying to break it down to layman's form here because obviously it's, it's a very um, alien thing to me, but is this just being more mindful of your surroundings or just taking an interest in what is actually making up where you're uh, walking? Or um, So uh, it's basically just uh, uh, one form of meditation, really. Um, I mean, you can meditate. It's, a, it's just a way to turn off your thoughts mm-hmm. and open your eyes. Yep. 
and it's just something you train and it's uh, when you sort of click into it it's very satisfying i mean you can almost compare it to for example when you go abroad uh, all you're doing is like you're walking through a new city and you're looking all around and you're just like noticing this this and that and, da, 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 da. and you're like looking at everything and you're admiring the architecture and looking up at the stories you yeah. know above you and everything but all the locals all the locals, they they just have their like tunnel vision. You know, yeah. they're just like they, they see just, it every day. Yeah, they they see it every day, so they don't think about it. They they they're they're thinking about what to have for dinner or you know what to feed their dog or you know whatever. And it's just like it's just breaking that thought, basically. Just stop thinking and just like try to look around and experience it anew. Yeah, I mean that's the same for me. Even now, um, recently, you know, I'm trying to not engage on my phone in the morning and try and ignore that as much as I can. Um, read a lot more before bed instead of gained it. I think coming from a society years ago when I used to work in an engineering job with guys who had done the same job for 40 years and I was coming off as a, an apprentice, you know, you run into just a lot of bad habits and I think that is a real problem going forward as, as social media addiction. I really think it is a real thing. Where, Absolutely. Yeah, and it, you talk about the high again, it's the high of posting things online, getting that, you know, waiting for that like to come back in the comments. Um, and yeah, I think it is a, a serious problem that it's great to be able to just switch off and absorb nature as you walk through it. Um, yeah, because that's where that's where real satisfaction comes from. Yeah, um, I mean, the best antidepressant in the world is to go a walk. And the, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess like, or, no, no, just saying, as an artist, again, when you go off, you know, you're, you're playing air stuff or, or you're out taking, you know, acrylics to go paint or you know the, the whole sense of painting in the wild is to take in as much of the the world around you mm -hmm. absolutely yeah. absolutely i mean and it's it it can't hurt <laughs> to do it at least yeah definitely i mean it, again it's one of these things that i try to teach people is that i find now a lot of guys who are younger than me who are trying to get into the industry is that they're glued to art station a lot of the times or when they do studies now they study paintings of guys who are in the industry now um whereas they don't look back to the masters they don't look back to just taking things in from nature um i mean i remember ian mckaig uh the star wars artist i mean i was watching a talk with him and he talked about how he opened a couple of books to try to learn how to draw grass and then uh he just looked out the back garden and he was like oh there's a million blades of grass on my on my garden floor he just he said he lay in his stomach and just drew it from from one to one and mm -hmm. closed all his books and he says that's really how people should be taking in art and how they should be drawn from his life. I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's nothing wrong with doing master studies and, and yep. looking at other people's, uh, you know, artwork and Definitely, admiring yeah. them and, yeah. and hating them. But the problem is you shouldn't be comparing yourself to them. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, because it's just so disheartening and bad. Yeah. And the thing is also when you, while you're painting, um, yeah. it's, it's only in the last like five percent of a painting where that it starts to click together at least for me yeah definitely. i mean it looks like an ugly bitch until like <laughs> the last like three three four percent and that's just the way how i build them up yeah uh, and if i'm if i have something finished that i'm looking at on the side mm. it's it's just gonna kill me yeah. you know yeah. because it's just it's irrelevant yeah. you know because i'm looking at a finished house and comparing my you know, it's like building a house. Uh, I have this finished house uh, beside me, and I'm, while I'm still trying to build this one, and I'm mm -hmm. wondering why doesn't it look the same? Yeah. You know. Yeah. But it's still just, 
it's it's still forming. But it's your version of the house, and people don't understand that it has to be your version and not a copy of somebody else's version. Yeah, also that. I mean, also that. Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, uh, I think that's great for me, Henry Walker. I'll uh, I'll let you go and, and get back to to your work because I know you're busy. Um, but thank you so much. Hey, anytime. It yeah, was really nice. Yeah, it, it was great. Um, if people are looking for your work or want to check out anything you guys are doing with your studio, um, where can they find you? Uh, do you mean uh, uh, do you my, mean my personal work or the uh, or what I'm doing at work work? Oh well, well both obviously because obviously they want to see your work, but I'm assuming the guys at the studio will probably want to promote you know whatever they're working on as well. Yeah, I mean it's Solfar Studios, and we're working on a secret project at the moment, so cool, I can't really cool. say anything. Awesome, that. awesome. Um, which is surprisingly fun, um, <laughs> actually. Uh, but never mind, I can't talk about that. Uh, but my personal work is just on workerart.com uh, and I'm on ArtStation as well and, and Facebook. And um, just add me on Facebook. Awesome. I usually I usually just accept artists on Facebook <laughs> and <laughs> nobody mean, else. Yeah. How, if you uh, ever if you ever post a photograph of what you're eating, I will block you. <laughs> Yeah, the Instagram uh, wannabes better get out of there, man. Yeah, so no more coffee selfies and stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, great. Well, again, uh, uh, thanks very much, uh, Booker. And, uh, Thank you. Yeah, and uh, hope to hear you guys um, back in the next couple of weeks. We'll be back with yeah. Colin in uh, next week's episode and uh, speak to you all there. Bye. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. <laughs>